Tenet Men. I am your host, Steve, and I am joined by Kevin, and together we are doing a complete and methodical review of the Christopher Nolan 2020 epic high-concept time travel film, Tenet. We are doing a minute-by-minute analysis of the film by conducting our own temporal pincer movement. I am on the red team, moving forward through the film. Kevin is on the blue team, traveling in reverse. Kevin, how are you? I'm okay. I got a, I got an interesting minute here. It's uh, I have one word of dialogue in my minute. Um, you hear it twice, <laughs> forwards and backwards, <laughs> and that's it. All action. What's uh? Since you you live in reverse, inver- <laughs> you know inverted entropy land. What's uh? What's an inverted sneeze like? Huh? <laughs> <clears throat> Anytime somebody asks me something like that, I have to remember that uh, in my like ninth grade health class, a, a, a girl was trying to ask boys to describe what an orgasm is. <laughs> and like all the guys were shy, but like the teacher was like, Oh, I got this. <laughs> and this is how he described it. It's like a really good sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always stuck with me. Like a really good, I love that. That's well, amazing. It, it killed the whole class. And I sat there going, you know, he's kind of right. <laughs> Got to put some thought into this. It's, uh, so it's a good. Yeah, description. I imagine you. I imagine it's the opposite. Like instead of feeling relieved and relaxed afterwards, you're just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> you feel uncomfortable afterwards would be an inverted sneeze. That was. Uh, I did not expect you to have as good an answer as you did. So. <laughs> I surprise myself sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's go. Team Red up first. That's me. We are at uh, minute marker 40 minutes, 21 seconds. This is episode 41, by the way. Um, We left off last week. We are setting up for our uh, plane into the Freeport heist scene, uh, if you want to call it a heist. I guess it's a heist. It's more of like a discovery mission, right? What's behind the door? Um. Well, they want to get the painting, right? No, no, I don't right? think. No. no, they just want to get in, get into the center of the Pentagon, right? Well, they this do, is... but isn't the premise that they're going to get that for Cat? No, I don't think so at all. Yeah, you might be right. I think the <laughs> you're obsessed with the painting. There's he no... does <laughs> offer that though to Cat. He's like, I can get that for you, and he won't have any leverage over you. But the real leverage is her son. That's right. I think okay. he's. I think he's lying about that. Right. <laughs> He does offer that to Kat, but then she reveals the real leverage is her son. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I think. The, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> the painting. The paint. The painting's done. We. The painting plays no role in this. I think. No, we're, we're, it plays. The, it's the most important thing. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta get this out of your head. Uh, the painting's done. We don't care about the painting anymore. I don't even know that it comes up in, in for either of us in this movie again. I think we're done, right? As we as we as we come to the center of this movie, the midway point or the beginning, uh, <laughs> the painting is done. We're done with the painting. 
Okay. Yeah. It's a plot device to get us to this point. Um, and yeah, now okay, we're, we're on, it's not a heist. It's a discovery mission, an investigative mission, whatever, to get to the center of this Pentagon to understand uh, more about tenets, I think. Or what, yeah, what satyrs got. What satyrs yeah, got. like yeah. what's, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we cut off last week. Uh, where at this ve- at the at the at this clip where the the seven forty seven that's going to crash is being taxied, and the the big music drops. Boom, boom, oh, yeah. boom. Okay, big we're still music there. Scene. Yeah, love, no love, <laughs> love that. Uh, and that's that that you know that that deep bass continues into <laughs> into the start of my minute forty twenty one. Um, and then from there we we cut to Mahir. He was walking up the stairs of the 747 last week. Now he's knocking on the cockpit door with his gun <laughs> and the pilots t- turn around and he says, carry on, not the radio. <laughs> uh, I don't know why he says carry on. I think he means get out. <laughs> um, but that's what he said. Um, and then we cut to Mahir's guy uh, walking towards the back of the plane to the gold, which the gold is just on pallets with like netting around it, right? Yeah, you would um, think it would be hidden from view at the very least. I just feel like <laughs> it would be transported very differently. Plus, like gold weighs a lot, right? And those are really big pallets. Like you would mm-hmm. have to distribute the weight of that more evenly throughout the plane, right? Oh yeah, I didn't think of that. It's a big plane though. It is a big plane, and you know, so if like, you just put it in the center of gravity, maybe. Because there's Maybe. nothing else in there. Just, that's a really waste of a trip. <laughs> yeah, right. You could, yeah, you could ship some lightweight material at the same time. Um, I don't know. I just, I can't believe this is how they they uh, they transport gold just out in the open in the center of a fuselage. But whatever. Um, we cut back to the the cockpit. Uh, oh, we cut back to the, the pilots are walking out of the cockpit now, and then Mahir's guy. Uh, he's like, you know, he's unfastening the gold pallets to the bottom of the plane, but then he also takes a brick for himself and shoves it into like his, his shirt pocket, um, oh. which is a smart move. I would do the same. Do you know, I like, never what, thought that. you know, like what one of those bricks of gold is worth? <clears throat> yeah. I'm trying, I'm looking through the script now cause I, I noticed some interesting things in here, but, uh, I, I don't know the, that in here actually. <laughs> I don't know how much one of those bricks is worth. By the way, it was more of a I believe that guy's question. name is Rohan. Rohan. No, I'm going to keep calling him Guy. Oh, these um, freaking names, Rohan Mahir. <laughs> Rohan. Um, yeah, takes a brick of gold. Good move. Hmm. Um, also, like in between every one of these cuts, we cut to the outside of the plane, right? Oh, um, it isn't there. Yeah, he does grab. Okay. <laughs> he pulls out a grenade. Grabs the nearest gold bar and stuffs it into the waistband before pulling the pin. That's oh. how it's written there. There's no grenade. Is there a grenade? There is. I'm going to get to that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we do have lots of cuts. Like every, so every between every cut here, we cut back to like an exterior shot of the plane, mm-hmm. um, which 
is a little gratuitous, but then when I thought about it, it was like, well, Christopher Nolan spent so much money on this on this this whole this sequence money shot, yeah. that he's got to get as much he's got to get every penny's worth of this, right? Because he spent millions to blow up a plane. Warner Brothers now owns this plane and this right. hangar. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's the so Warner Brothers hangar. <laughs> we're gonna take advantage of every second of film here. Um, and then we cut back. Okay, so Guy slash Rohan throws the grenade at the back of the plane, right? To create an opening to shove the gold wow. out. So here's my question. Uh, or not a question, just thought. Uh, there's a better way to open the back of a plane than with a grenade. Don't like a grenade on a plane sounds like a terrible idea. It's a, uh, it, well, it's the, there's a DB Cooper switch. You can't open the back of the plane manually from the back. It has to be uh, in coordination with the cockpit. But you, you have control of the cockpit because Mahir is in there. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Uh, <laughs> but like, wouldn't you use a more controlled explosion also? Like a grenade, um, like couldn't a fragment hit an engine and blow the whole thing up on the spot? Um, I don't know. It's got forward momentum at this point. It's aiming at the... They've already aimed it. Um, yeah, but also, if it explodes, I don't know it doesn't if a go anywhere. grenade is powerful enough to really make that big of a hole. <laughs> That's another part, part too, right? Yeah. Like, it's not going to just create a hole in the back of the plane, right? It's going to create little fragment holes in the back of the plane and lots of little dents. But still, like, I feel it should like... be a shape charge. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, there's more... <laughs> there's a better... They just more... lowered the rip. <laughs> I think they could have <laughs> just lowered the rip. Also, we're making a movie. Explosions look cool. Um, you know, I, I think we have to chalk it up to that sometimes. Well, I will say it creates the perfect pallet size hole in the back of the plane, <laughs> just large enough to throw Bugs gold Bunny out of style. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right. That brings us to 4059. That's 40 seconds of film right there. We're almost done. Uh, yeah. We cut, we finally cut back to the free port. Um, we hear the explosion. Klaus looks around and the pro starts his breathing exercise. Um, and he walks away from like the conversation that he was clearly just having with Klaus, right? Hmm. Um, and then we get a visual of the plane again, followed by Guy pushing the gold out towards the explosion hole. Gold hits the tarmac. It's beautiful. Um, we cut back to the protagonist pacing, doing his breathing exercise. Uh, Klaus is puzzled. And then Neil just looks to looks at Klaus and says, yoga. Yep. Uh, yeah. Right that. Silliness. <laughs> We cut back to the plane, the pilot's hatch, uh, like the door on the second floor opens, the hatch on the second floor opens up, uh, the slide gets deployed, and a guy points the gun and directs the pilots down the slide. He says, this is his only line as far as I know, let's go now. Um, and the pilots start exiting the plane down the slide. Uh, and as Mahir predicted, they're fine. Hmm. That's the end of my minute. <laughs> it's so fascinating now that you point out he steals a gold bar and I'm going to go back to again, oh, no. my theory that the gold bar, the two stacks of gold bars no. are the same stacks of gold bars. And one of them's inverted and one of them's not. No, because also one of Seder's guys steals a gold bar. <laughs> they're not though. They're not the same. They're totally like just, they were melted down and reshaped no. by Seder's men. So no. that when he showed up, when he showed up to put them, to use them as collateral for a loan, they didn't have the markings of the Swiss Federal Bank or whatever. This they is, had completely no. different markings that just said, 
these are from the Soviet Union and they are untraceable. That's what that's. This what is this is the worst of your conspiracy theories. Uh, I bet you oh. think the 2020 election was rigged too. <laughs> It, it it was Jill Stein won the 2020 <laughs> election, and I will refuse to believe Jill Stein, even though she was not on the ballot. <laughs> she was in the ballot on 2016. Somehow, she was inverted. <laughs> inverted ballots, Steve. <laughs> I think... Has anybody checked the entropy of those ballots? Is what I'm asking you, Congressman. <laughs> hanging hanging inversion. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't, I can't get behind the gold theory. I just can't. I, I just think it's too, too coincidental that there's two Goyas, two stacks of gold bars. Um, and then I just keep seeing more. Um, it, it, it feels like it's a remnant of a part of the plot that was in there that by the time they started shooting, they couldn't fully erase it that there was things that tied them together that they had to go, wait, this is going to screw up the continuity. We have to take this part of the plot out. Um, but there's still, it, there's eraser marks over where these two gold bars, sacks of gold bars and Goyas were um, uh, inverted characters of each other. Uh, let us know what you think by leaving a comment or yeah, by I, hitting us up on Twitter at, at Tenement. I just, the I more you know. fight me on this, the more I'm going to double down. On it. I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> that's fair. That's the end of my minute. Um, blue team is up. Blue team is up. And I, again, have very little dialogue. Like I said, just the one word. Um, we are going to jump right into um, some turnstile shenanigans. Ooh. I like shenanigans. Oh, so we are in the turnstile room where I'm starting off. Which turn? Where? Where in the movie are you? Rotus, uh, the 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 turnstile inside the Freeport. Oh, okay. You're at the same spot we are. The uh, yes, I'm a little deeper in, at my yeah. <laughs> and I'm escaping out at my. But you're end. but you're not. You're actually exactly where I am because you're about to, like you're you're inverted, right? I am inverted. Uh, well, no, right. I am both inverted and non-inverted. Okay, but you you are at the exact same moment I'm at. People, I don't think you you recognize the excitement here. Almost. I think your next minute is closer to this minute. My next I feel minute. Like the, yeah, but like like we're like there's a convergence point, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right, and like we're 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 both coming to it at the same time. I I think because it's the first time we see the turnstile, you there's a bit more time you're going to spend with the the turnstile than i'm spending with it now and you'll see what i'm talking about so all right all 14 right. minutes uh, one hour 43 minutes 21 seconds we start with a shot of the inverted protagonist's hands on a gun that is pointing at the inverted protagonist the uninverted protagonist in his suit and tie is holding the um gun right outside the door of the turnstile that's where we're starting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On board, right? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the inverted protagonist disassembles the gun, which is inverted because it's his gun. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm not tracking this right. Whose gun is this? This is the, this is like protagonist. This is, it's no, my, it has to be. Yeah. 
because the the earlier protagonist doesn't have a gun. He had to go through security. This is right. The, yeah. This is the this it, is the SWAT team looking protagonist. Yeah, with his with his handgun. That's why it's inverted, um, and right, he because, takes it apart. Because when we see, um, because when like from my perspective, like when I'm going the into the turnstile room, the pieces of the gun are already on the floor, and they reassemble. Yeah, yeah so yeah, we're yeah, seeing yeah. how it gets, why it, yeah, uh, reassembles itself in the protagonist hand, which is crazy. Exactly. Um, so he he disassembles it. Um. Then at uh, 43 minutes, 25 seconds, that's, we've, we've jumped four seconds. Uh, we see the protagonist look through the proofing mirror, lock eyes with his um, uninverted self. Um, and then they both jump into the turnstile. Okay. We follow the turnstile around and we, uh, the protagonist, is now uninverted. And he blows right past Neil, who completely blows his coverage. I mean, it's like misses this tackle completely. And our protagonist just runs right past him. And then right out of the room. Like, um, uh, so 43 minutes, 30 seconds. We've now only moved nine seconds. uh, And the protagonist is out the door. Uh, Neil is chasing him and the protagonist is booking it down the corridor. Um, now we're at 35 seconds. <laughs> at 42 seconds, that's when Neil finally uh, gets a hold of the gas mask tube and pulls it off of, or a strap or something and pulls it off of um, uh, the protagonist. This is the reverse shot that we don't see. We're not going to see in your minute um, where we see the protagonist's face as he like kind of skids on the ground, <laughs> snow angel style. Um, <laughs> and then we see Neil looking shocked. And then he quickly doubles back to that room. All right. I'm going to pause here because <laughs> I want to go back and read the, the script, <laughs> how it describes it, just because we're only doing action. I think it's interesting to read how it's described. Um, Uh, so we're picking up the earlier protagonist takes hold of the gun the barrel coming around onto the protagonist who instinctively ejects the magazine removes the slide tosses it aside leaving the earlier protagonist with a useless stripped automatic neil races backwards into the other half of the room through the bullet riddled glass the protagonist sees himself gas mask and black clothes run backwards into the room the protagonist leaps into this turnstile We follow the protagonist through the machine, bursting out on the other side, straight into earlier Neil, who now moves forward as the protagonist pushes past, as the confrontation on the other side of the glass plays out again. Forwards, the protagonist races for the red door, Neil in pursuit. And then it's just the same corridor scene pretty much that I described. But I just wanted to read that because I feel like we kind of skip that part on the other side of the glass. Because if you think about it, as the protagonist is running out, that's when the bullets should be coming. And we don't really see the protagonist dodging those bullets or concerned about getting shot by the gun that he was just unloading into the glass or anything like that. Wait, what do you mean by that part? The gu- the gun. When 
in my next minute, I'll describe how, and you'll describe also how the inverted protagonist shoots through the glass. Yeah. Neil's already out of the room and the protagonist, like Neil and the protagonist are already out of the room by that point though. Because we'll there's a pin a- in that. Is that right? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put a pin in that. Look forward to next week's episode where I dissect why he shoots the glass. Does um well he shoots the glass? Hmm. There's a the script distinctly tells us why he shoots the glass. There's also like I'm guessing the glass is like bulletproof too. No. This. The, the script will distinctly tell here for me. <laughs> oh, no, no. If you, th- if you, if we need to wait till it's next one week. sentence earlier from the description, I just uh, read to you. Okay. Should I just read? Let me just read it. All right. As, as a preview for next week, everything I just read, this is the sentence that comes earlier. The protagonist fires again and again, forcing the earlier protagonist closer and closer to the turnstile. Okay. Yeah. So he's shooting to get him and his protagonist closer to the turnstile. Oh. And as he's doing that, wouldn't the other protagonist be like running into a room where bullets are coming? (laughs) You know, like like he would be coming out and then also be like, I got to get out of here because bullets are coming right behind me. Right. It seems like a setup that doesn't, (laughs) you know. I see what you're saying. I have to like really think about this. Yeah. Okay. Like it seems like something that makes sense to you on one side of the mirror, but then when you're on the other side of the mirror, you got to be like, I got to, like, I can't let Neil <laughs> slow me down. Right. Because there's freaking bullets coming. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm going to get shot. <laughs> get shot by the, the bullet I fired 10 seconds ago. <laughs> that's interesting. All right. It's like a promise that's not fulfilled again, like the gold bars in the Goya. Okay, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now we get um, at 53 seconds, we see the protagonist come out of the corridor um, into the loading dock area where the gas is coming. Um, He then ducks underneath the broken um, uh, um, door door that comes uh what do you call it a sliding door that comes down the metal sliding door that comes down mm-hmm. he ducks under it he's going forward in times jumps off the loading dock at 58 seconds he yells the word go at the inverted neil August. and at that moment that's when we see from neil's perspective which is just crazy to think about he sees from neil's perspective he is seeing a protagonist come out of nowhere running <laughs> backwards into the turnstile. Yeah. It's, which is just like, where'd that guy come from? <laughs> but it's just a different perspective. And he hears the word go in reverse, which sounds like gobbledygook. Awesome. It's, or, you know, it's just, <laughs> and then he goes in and that's when Neil uh, goes up into the loading dock with Kat and he pulls the door down behind him. And he's going through the loading dock. The gas is uh, coming up into the ceiling instead of being pushed down. Um, And then as he's going through the loading dock area, we cut back to the protagonist who is finally putting his uh, mask and helmet back on as he stares at the unexploded engine that pushed him into the scene in the first place. 
are turnstiles like entrance agnostic or like do you have to enter one side if based on your current inversion status <laughs> you're right you, so i see what you're saying could the protagonist what, what happens if the inverted protagonist is actually accidentally on the neil side <laughs> yeah instead of the and goes in the and goes in the turnstile will they become doubly inverted well we see inversion within an, one it's color-coded there's a green room and a red room no i know blue yeah a blue i'm sorry yes a blue room <laughs> and a red room the Freeport doesn't would, have that. It's 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 so nice that Seder is like, okay, we'll keep the same color palette. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want people getting confused. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, do you like if you're if you're a normie, do you have to go in on the red side? I would say yes. And if you're inverted, you have to go in on the blue side. What if you're inverted and go in on the red side? You'd look through the proofing mirror and you wouldn't see yourself. But what happens if you go through? You don't go through if you don't see yourself. But what if what happens if you did? I know that's what. See, every other time travel <laughs> movie would show you what you do. Would be a Biff Tan and be like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> not gonna care about the rules of time travel. I'm gonna do whatever Biff Tannen wants." <laughs> you know? um, but here we don't see the ramifications. Wouldn't it be great if he was fighting Volkov in a turnstile and he throws Volkov into the wrong side? <laughs> What happens though? Like I want to know. I mean, he comes what out happens. like a monster, like all <laughs> he comes out like the fly. <laughs> he comes out half invert, half uninverted, and he's fighting with himself. <laughs> he's like, yeah, can't walk in a straight line. Just walks. He in comes circles. out a baby. I don't know what happens. He comes out know. an old man. I don't know. Oh, he comes out as an old man and a baby. <laughs> and he's Benjamin tasked Button. with now raising himself. <laughs> Until he could find another turnstile. That's a movie idea. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about. I don't even about. know if that makes any sense, but I'm just thinking of all the different time travel crazy things that could go on. I don't I don't understand this at all. <laughs> all right. We're now well, writing folks, different movies. Yeah. <laughs> but but they don't show you what happens if you screw up the technology. Yeah. It's an order of operations problem, right? Uh, what happens if you break the order of operations? Anyway. Yeah. I would think Satyr's tried that. Like, he's tricked somebody into the thing, even though they don't see themselves in the proofing mirror. Like, I wonder what happens. Oh, I mean, like, he doesn't have to trick anyone. Like, you just you go, you're hanging out, you're drinking some vodka by the turnstile, you have one too many, and you're just like, <laughs> hey, hey, go in there again. Let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> but go in, go in on the other side. <laughs> yeah, Sabre's definitely a guy who's done like an inverted line of coke. Like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> off of a off of a non-inverted stripper. <laughs> like he's, he's he's used this equipment to its max potential. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. Uh, thank you for listening to this nonsense. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this program, please take a moment to follow, rate, and review on whatever service you found us on. And rest assured, we will continue our temporal pincer movement of this film next week. And until then, we'll meet you at the beginning. I'll see you at the beginning, friend. It, it's like almost really cool to show what the other people are seeing at the same time. But then it's just so visually confusing. 
the chronology of okay where is that other person we just saw in compared to what we're it's well that's a, just the problem with the movie <laughs> i like your uh, your explanation of the engine makes a lot of sense i'm glad you cleared that up for me because now okay. you're right it is like a it is essentially like a clock mechanism uh and it's not as meaningless as i thought so it's kind of like the building being reverse blown up at the five minute mark at the uh, end of the movie that was more useless i'm still not convinced there any, <laughs> any meaning it happens play. right Maybe at it's, the five minute yeah. mark and that's the kind of signal for what they're there to do yeah yeah that's fair <laughs> that's fair yeah you're right but on this, they're they're way more improvising. Like they didn't have they didn't have a briefing going into this. No, one. <laughs> no, no. But maybe that's why it's cooler. I don't know. Hmm. All right, folks. Well, oh, well. <laughs> episode forty. Thank you all for listening uh, to the Tenement Podcast. If you've enjoyed this program, please take a moment to follow, rate, review on whatever service you found us on today. Rest assured, we will continue our temporal pincer movement of this film next week. And until then, we'll meet you at the beginning. I'll see you at the beginning, friends. <laughs>